Super Bowl is over. The Vikings have a head coach. Let's get into the ramifications of both things here at the end of an NFL season. Boy, we spend so much time speculating about who's going to win the Super Bowl and who's going to land what coaching job. Now we actually have some facts to talk about. This is Jeff Diamond's Vikings and NFL Insider, part of the TalkNorth.com podcast network. Uh, best way to listen, subscribe to your favorite podcast app. You can find all the shows at TalkNorth.com. You can follow us on Twitter at TalkNorthPod. Thanks to our producer, Brianne Burdett. Jeff, let's start here. Uh, Kevin O'Connell is the Vikings' new head coach. What do you think that means for the franchise and the franchise's philosophies in terms of whether it wants to win right away or whether this is some kind of a, a rebuild? Well, we always know when a new head coach comes in <clears throat> with his new staff that there's a little bit of a honeymoon. But having said that, it, it's a very impatient world these days. And I think that the, the Wilfs expect to win right away. And they think that the team is, is in place that can be a winner very quickly. And I think I agree with them. I think when you look at a team that had eight wins and had whatever, uh, so many one-score losses that could have been reversed very easily, I think that you have to look at it and say, hey, they could be one of those teams that goes from non-playoff to playoff in a hurry. And we saw seven teams do it this year. So even including a Bengals team that was – uh, whatever four eleven and one last year, so it's very doable. I think that I, I'm excited about about Kevin O'Connell coming in. I think it's a kind of a breath of fresh air for the organization. It, it's certainly a major shift in terms of approach, perhaps offensively. Although they're all steeped in the West Coast offense, but I think we're going to see a little a different scheme in terms of much more three wide receiver, which fits the Vikings well with Jefferson Thielen and Osborne. And how does that translate with the tight ends when you've got potentially two good ones in, in Conklin and, and Irv Smith Jr. coming back from the injury and Conklin becoming a free agent, how do they approach that? And then how much fullback do they use? Do they incorporate more of a San Francisco type approach with Juszczyk? who is a great fullback and plays a lot in San Francisco. Uh, and, of course, we know O'Connell has some background with, with Kyle Shanahan, too, along with Sean McVay. And when you've got a, a great fullback in C.J. Ham, uh, who ha is one of the top guys in the league at the position, I think the interesting thing is how much does the coach adapt to his personnel? And, and so those are the questions that, will be interesting to follow as they get into OTAs and mini camps and training camp. But we really won't know until regular season because they're not going to show that much in, in preseason games. We know that. So I think it's going to be interesting. I think it's a breath of fresh air. I'm, I'm still concerned about bringing in a first-time GM and a first-time head coach together. We'll see how that plays out. I, I think it's intriguing that O'Connell wants to have a – a 65-year-old defensive coordinator in Donatel, and so, and he's had he's had a lot of success in the league. And how's that going to play out? And is he going to be more of a three-four guy? How's that going to translate with the personnel, with guys like Daniel Hunter? Can he be a an edge rushing linebacker type? 
And does that spell trouble for a Michael Pierce, for example, when they need to clear some sour cap space and they've got Tomlinson who can play inside in, in a 3-4? Armand Watts is a really good young player, had a really good year last year, and and he could conceivably be a, a, big, a big defensive end in a 3-4 or play inside and play the nose. And how does it translate for DJ Wanham? Is he going to be an edge rusher in a 3-4? So a lot of interesting things that are going to be coming through. And I, and I think it, it creates excitement for the franchise. And we know that there's been some level of success the last few years. But let's face it, I think things got a little stale. And I think from that standpoint, there is excitement with Kevin O'Connell coming in. And I'll be interested to hear what he has to say in his opening press conference, which will probably be very vanilla, as they usually are. Right, Jim? But we'll see. And I think you hit on what I think is most fascinating about this transition. It's a roster with a lot of veteran talent, a lot of proven talent, a lot of high-priced talent. And does O'Connell come in and say, I'm going to tweak this and try to make it immediately better, or, or am I going to worry more about getting my systems in place, knowing that players, uh, you know, are are kind of a uh, players are temporary in the NFL. You know, are you are, is he trying to establish a system? Is he trying to win right away? And of course, the big the biggest question, and the question we probably won't get answered today or anytime soon, is what do you do with Kirk Cousins? To me, of course, it's the most interesting, it's the most important question, and yet it's the answer is kind of already right in front of us, isn't it, Jeff? I mean, they really can't afford to just get rid of them. They don't have a successor. They don't have a replacement. So I guess the only real question is, do you let them play on a one-year deal or do you extend his contract? Yeah, I think it kind of encompasses part of the problem, I think, with the NFL system that, to me, <laughs> I think the draft should be before free agency. Mm -hmm. the, the, the problem you've got is – they're facing a decision on Cousins. They've got to get under the cap. And and so the obvious move is to, <laughs> to restructure or extend his deal and, and get that cap relief of 10 to $15 million immediately. But then you're tied to him for a longer term. Whereas if they went into the draft and there was a guy that they loved in the first round that they would hitch their wagon to and, and draft that person very high or even a high second round pick, which I don't even think they have a second rounder right now. But, um, and so I think that's, that's a problem. And I've always been a supporter of having the draft first. And then you know what exactly you've got uh, in terms of new talent coming in. And then you can augment it with free agency because I always felt that that's what free agency is for, to augment the draft, augment your talent that you build. Unless I guess you're the Rams and you're going to go all in and, and trade away all your picks for the next five years. And it worked well for them this year. I'm just not sure that other teams are going to follow that pattern and go all in like the Rams did. And it, it worked for them with Stafford and with Jalen Ramsey and, and with Von Miller. And, and OBJ was a free agent pickup, that, a big salary pickup. And, and so, yeah, those moves did work. But – that was, I think, unusual that they hit on all those guys. And, and even Stafford had his ups and downs this year. We know that. And even in the Super Bowl, he had his ups and downs. He had a couple interceptions. So we'll see how it all plays out. <clears throat> but I think that the way that most teams are going to approach it is still to build through the draft, 
and then take a shot in free agency here or there. Maybe some teams will be more aggressive having seen what the Rams were able to accomplish. Both the front office and the coaching staff have already added a veteran person uh, who it, it feels like their presence is almost going to be just as an aide to a somebody who's new to the, the job. Uh, in the front office is Ryan Gregson, former Colts general manager. And on the coaching staff, yeah, you have Ed Donatello, the veteran defensive coordinator, but they're also bringing in Mike Pettin, who has a, a world of experience. Does that actually translate into helping people like uh, Quezzy and Kevin O'Connell? I think it does to a certain extent that, <laughs> that Quezzy can, can lean on Gregson who has experience and has been involved with drafting players and has a pretty good track record. It didn't hurt him to fall into the number one pick and be able to get Andrew Luck when he first went to Indy. But I think that Ryan had a pretty good track record with the Colts. And I think that that's a positive for the organization to have that experience. And in terms of, of the, uh, the defensive side and, and for, Kevin O'Connell to have guys who have a lot of experience and can help him in the process. But I think still young head coaches, they don't want to lean too much on these veteran assistants. They want to pave their own way and, and not give the impression that they're dependent on other people that, and I'm sure Kevin is going to approach it the same way and want to establish himself and, and put his roots into the organization and I think that's good. I think that's important that that the players respect that he's the leader, that he's the main guy, and these other people are there just to help the process along. What did you think of Aaron Donald and Sean McVay floating retirement rumors before the Super Bowl and, and after the Super Bowl? Yeah, I thought it was clearly, in my opinion, a money grab, Jim, on both of their parts. It's just ridiculous that Sean McVay at 36 years old is talking about going to the broadcast booth or whatever in any hints he's giving on that. I think it's obvious that he wants to be paid like a, like a Belichick. I would guess he's probably making in the 6 million a year range and he probably wants to double that. And, and I'm sure the Rams and, and Stan Kroenke will probably accommodate him with the success that he's had. But, but that, that was obvious to me. And, and so too with, with Aaron Donald, who's 30 years old, at the peak of his game, he has three years left on his contract, <clears throat> and on, on a contract that's paying him an average of $22.5 million a year, but he's only got $14.2 million in cash coming in 2022. And you got <clears throat> guys like T.J. Watt making $28 million a year now, Joey Bosa at 27, and it's obvious to me that Aaron Donald wants to be a $30 million a year player. <clears throat> and I would expect the Rams probably to do something, but it's hard to do it with three years left on a contract. I think that really opens the door for trouble for, for an organization. I will just offer this perspective on this. Uh, it's obviously a money grab. I'm okay with it because I would much rather see Sean McVay and Aaron Donald be wildly overpaid than see Stan Kroenke just, uh, you know, capitalizing on his carpet bagging ways. I mean, he's playing in a $6 billion stadium. He, he messed over uh, St. Louis to get there. Uh, he's making an incredible amount of money. Uh, I would rather see McVay and uh, and Donald get a lot of that money than Stan Kroenke. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's what's going to happen ultimately. And it's just, as I said, very obvious. And 
kind of ridiculous that these guys are, are folding that out there. And rather than just talking behind the scenes with, with Kroenke and, and Kevin Demoff, the COO. And, and so I, th- I think, I think we're all very wise to what, what they're up to those guys <laughs> out in LA. Yeah. And it, it's going to be interesting. You hear OBJ talking about, ah, yeah, I'm going to take a pay cut. We'll see about that. <laughs> when, when push comes to shove and, it's actually time to talk contract in free agency, but he may be coming off an ACL injury now. So yeah, a lot of ramifications there too with him. All right, let's talk about quarterbacks and let's talk about the Super Bowl. First, we want to thank our long-running sponsor, White Bear Lake Superstore, whitebearlakesuperstore.com. Yeah, thanks, Jim. Always excited to talk about the White Bear Lake Superstore. Buick, GMT, my great friend, the owner, Paul Rubin, his general manager, Charlie Gutrell. They're fantastic staff. Minnesota's number one volume Buick GMC dealer, six years running with the best selection and with their super friendly premium team. Check out their great website, whiteberlakesuperstore.com. You'll see great selection of GMC and Buick SUVs, new 2021 and 2022 Buick SUVs, including the stylish Encore GX with a 0% APR offer up to 72 months and 0% APR offers on most 21 and 22 GMC models, including the fabulous Sierra 1500. Reserve yours today, and don't wait. Reserve your all-electric super truck, the Hummer EV. The Wiper Lake Superstore also is the Quigley 4x4 van superstore. They're a certified elite dealer. Only 7% of GM dealers make the cut, so visit in person at 3900 Highway 61 North in Wiper Lake or online at WiperLakeSuperstore.com for all your vehicle needs and the premium experience. Buick GMC, we are professional grade. Thanks also to <laughs> Platinum Bank. Yeah, Platinum Bank, great sponsor. Is your bank a partner or simply a provider? In today's environment, businesses and individuals need a bank that can move quickly and act creatively. Platinum Bank understands the Twin Cities market, partnering with clients to overcome the challenges, capitalize on opportunities, and helping Twin Cities execs to grow their businesses. Platinum Bank's financial products are tailored to meet the unique needs of your organization and solve your problems, not create them. I'm a very happy Platinum Bank client and account holder, and I've personally experienced tremendous customer service working with Market President Nate Erfer and VP Drew Lynch. To learn how Platinum Bank can be an asset to your business, visit www.platinumbankmn.com Platinum Bank, providing a means to a dream. Uh, thanks also to State Farm agent Tony Hoagland. We'll tell you more about him in a second. Uh, let's get to the quarterbacks. Uh, the rumor, and, and rumors drive me crazy, but let's be honest, they also give us an, an opening to talk about certain things. Uh, there's a kind of a wild rumor out there that, hey, the Vikings might be interested in Deshaun Watson. I don't see that happening in any way, but I'll throw it to you. Uh, what do you see happening with Deshaun Watson this offseason, if anything? Yeah, I, I think he's going to be moved, and I think it will be pretty soon because I, I believe he's got some kind of option bonus early in free agency and, and of course, the draft coming up. But I, I would expect him to go somewhere else, and where that's going to be, we don't know. We keep hearing that the, the, the Dolphins are more in love with, with Tua than they used to be, but I'm not sure about that when push comes to shove. We'll see. and. I, I don't see the Vikings making a move like that. I think that they would would have a ton of dead money on Cousins' contract, and then to inherit 
Deshaun Watson's contract, you'd have about $50, $60 million in quarterback salary, which would strangle your your salary cap. So it's just not going to happen here. And it, it's rumor season. That's that's what happens this time of year. And people start doing all these mock drafts. And I, I've seen several with the Vikings taking Derek Stingley Jr., a cornerback from LSU, who's coming off an injury. I've seen other corners, perhaps uh, edge rushers. We'll see. And again, part of that's going to be determined by what kind of system they're going to run defensively. But but I would think it'll be a defensive player unless there's a great offensive lineman, interior offensive lineman there for the Vikings. It is, it's going to be fascinating. If you were the Vikings, would you try to draft your next starting quarterback uh, in this draft? Well, I think that you you think about a guy like Bill Belichick, and he would always – try to draft a quarterback every year. And even when he had Brady at his peak, he, he drafted Garoppolo uh, and, and other quarterbacks over time. And I, I think that the Vikings should take that approach and, and they should be looking at a quarterback, not necessarily in the first round, but if they can trade up in the second round and get a shot at one of these young quarterbacks, we know that sometimes these second and third rounders can translate out better even in the first rounders. And there's plenty of history on that, that that we can certainly refer back to guys like Russell Wilson, Tom Brady, Joe Montana, <clears throat> on and on. Derek Carr was the second round pick, Drew Brees, the second round pick, et cetera. And, and so I would certainly endorse that idea. And we, we keep hearing O'Connell really, he, he loves cousins and, and he has, he has a history with him in Washington. And that's all well and good. And I still think Kirk Cousins is, is a, a good quarterback. And maybe O'Connell can tweak him and make him even better. Because I, I think Clint Kubiak, he did okay with Kirk. But I, I don't know that he maximized his potential. And so we'll see if O'Connell can get there with him and take him that next step. Because certainly, I, I think one of the interesting things is Matthew Stafford having that great success in the Super Bowl. And you look at Matthew Stafford's career now, of course, he was the number one overall pick back with the Lions, but had kind of a checkered up and down early career in Detroit and and had them in the playoffs a couple of times, but then some shaky years and some injury years. And one thing about Cousins, he's been durable. He's been productive. Yeah, we'd like to see him even more effective at times, but maybe he can get there. He's I think he's taken some baby steps in that direction in these big games and these national TV games and late in ball games has brought him down, brought him back in position to win. And the defense would let him down. I think it was really kind of under the radar last year that he played better than some people think, but then came up short in the end. And then of course the wasn't even available for the Packer game, which was, which was a killer uh, because of the vaccination issue. So I, I think that I would definitely draft a quarterback early, not necessarily first round, but I would look in the second round and let that quarter, let that player, young player, battle with Kellen Mond and see who may be the heir apparent. When you listen to TalkNorth.com, you can easily and freely, of course, access our great outdoor content, Destination Polaris, The Flush, uh, Minnesota Bound. You can find, I think, the best sports lineup of Minnesota, Jeff Diamond, John Krasinski, Michael Russo, Anthony LaPanta, Roy Smalley, Lavelle Neal, 
Uh, the list goes on and on. We've just added Mike Grimm's Go Gopher podcast, and we've also added On the Bench, which is a Canadian hockey humor duo. It's incredibly popular in uh, Canada. We appreciate you listening. We also appreciate Tony Hoagland, my State Farm agent, who sponsors a number of shows across the platform. This is your State Farm agent, Tony Hoagland. For the year of 2022, we will be donating $10 to the University of Minnesota Children's Masonics Hospital for everyone that calls our office or checks in with us online and mentions that they heard about us on Talk North. You can reach us at 763-421-4900. You can find us on the web at champlininsurance.com. Again, 763-421-4900 or find us on the web at champlininsurance.com. And what do you think at this? And we're probably gonna, I'm probably going to be asking you this every week till something happens. What do you think happens with Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, I, I think that Aaron Rodgers stays in Green Bay. I think that he he's under contract. He's coming off an MVP season. They don't know what they have in in, in love at this point. And the Packers are are built for uh, being a successful team now. I, I would be surprised <clears throat> unless someone blows them away with a crazy offer. And, and maybe a, a Denver perhaps would, thinking they're not too far off. But I think that Green Bay will stick with Rodgers for, for one more year, and then I expect him probably to move on after that. And I think the Packers, they had so many injury problems this year and with, with guys like Bakhtiari and, and Zadarius Smith and that if they had had those guys all year, it might have been a different story, Jair Alexander that they fell short in the end and Rodgers fell short in the end, which he has a couple of times in playoffs in recent years. And so we'll see, but I expect him to be back for one more year. Interesting. Uh, well, that would certainly, <laughs> that would certainly uh, make it harder for Kevin O'Connell to come in and, and have immediate success, but it's, it's happened before. Uh, what were your overall takeaways from the Super Bowl? Well, I think my, my overall takeaways were that, the Rams find a way to get the ball to Cooper cup when they need to <laughs> and four times on the final drive. <clears throat> and I think that that bodes well for Justin Jefferson. I, I was amazed that the Bengals were in single coverage on cup with Eli Apple on, on the, on the winning touchdown pass. That, that was just crazy. Cause it was so obvious that he was the guy that was going to get the ball. One, especially once Beckham was out and Tyler Higby couldn't play with an injury. They're, they're good tight end. And so that was disappointing from my perspective on, on the Bengals and their, and their defensive plan against Cup. I, I would have been double, maybe tripling them at that stage of the ball game. And so that, that was really a big takeaway. And, of course, how Aaron Donald took over at the end, which you kind of expected him to do against a, a shaky Bengals offensive line. And, and I, I would say this about the Bengals. And certainly they had a great run and, and an exciting season. They've got a great young quarterback in Joe Burrow. They've got some great receivers. But they have got to use free agency and the draft to get offensive line help for, for Burrow, or, or he's not going to last. He's just taken too many hits, and he's already had a, a major ACL injury in his second season. So I think that's going to be priority one for Cincinnati. Uh, and I, I see they already extended their coach, Zach Taylor, and and which is a good move, a good young coach in Cincinnati. Let's get a final thought from Jeff. Once again, thank you to WhiteBearLakeSuperstore.com. Thank you to Platinum Bank. 
thank you to State Farm agent Tony Hoagland, who's also my State Farm agent. Again, you can uh, find all the shows and all the archives of the shows at talknorth.com. Uh, also, later this week, we're putting out my very personal conversation with Ivan Mazel, great college football writer, great writer, writer overall, who uh, who has dealt with a, a personal tragedy by writing about it. Um, and uh, please check out that show. At, that'll be under Blocked and Muted. That's my show on the network. Once again, thank you for listening. What's your final thought today, Jeff? Well, other than being happy that the, that the Russian skater who who was guilty of doping <laughs> didn't didn't medal, <laughs> my my uh, final thought would be just thinking about Kevin O'Connell coming into the Vikings and and everything that's going to be on his plate so quickly in, in terms of of finalizing his coaching staff, jumping into player evaluation, which I'm sure he's already been doing as he's been working through the Super Bowl prep, and but just going through the whole process of evaluating the players on the current roster. And I think he'll be happy with what he sees in a lot of areas, such as the skill positions, and unhappy at, with, with things such as the cornerbacks. Corners, I said, not quarter. <laughs> and so... Uh, he's going to have a busy schedule here. The the combine's coming up in in a couple of weeks in Indy, and and then two weeks later, free agency starts. The draft's coming, and before you know it, OTAs will be here in April. And we can't wait, Jim. Right, so we can get rid of this cold weather here. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm ready for spring, no doubt about it, and I'm ready for uh, for draft speculation. I mean, you know, let's be honest. In our business, uh, draft free agency, that's as much fun to talk about as the actual games. And that is where the NFL has established itself as the dominant sport in North America uh, for the last 20, 30 years, whatever it's been, is that they, the, the, the NFL finds a way to be fascinating year round. We'll be getting into all these moves and decisions and the makeup of the new coaching staff here at Jeff Diamond's Vikings and NFL Insider. Once again, thank you all for listening and we'll talk to you next week.